It is a great day to praise the Lord. The sun is out. It's drying us out. So let's all stand and praise the Lord together. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, here we go. for you. Come on up. We're good for you. Come on up. It's your turn. Yeah, we kind of blended them, you know. Oh, it's my turn. I'm throwing you off. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate it. How many are here this morning? Let me see your hands. Okay, if your neighbor didn't raise his hand, please wake him up. 
All right, good deal. <laughs> Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer this morning. Our Father in heaven, we're so grateful for the opportunity to be in your house today. We pray that you would bless every single person, those that are members, those that are visitors. Father, we pray that your will would be done in all of our lives. We pray that you would show up here because that's the most important person to have in this service. Father, may your Holy Spirit speak to hearts. May you take scriptures and apply them. May you also, Father, work in each one of our lives that we would be uh, perfectly surrendered to you as well as we possibly can while still robed in flesh. And we look forward to that day when we'll be with you and never, ever, ever sin again. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Go ahead and be seated. I want to welcome you if you're watching by way of Facebook or uh, YouTube, either one. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll be able to come and visit all of us here in person one of these days very, very soon at 445C Avenue in uh, good old Coronado. We're going to be preaching on a biblical worldview of talents, the things that God does for us and, and gives us so that we can serve him more effectively. We're also going to have a business meeting where we introduce our new trustees and we have a budget to vote on. And after that, we'll have a military meal uh, for all of those that are active duty in the military and some, some uh, retired slip in there every once in a while. And that's okay. We don't smack your hands. We let you go ahead and eat with the others. Tuesday, navigators meet Tuesday night, Wednesday Bible study fellowship in the morning for ladies and men of resolution at night. Thursday, Nancy Trotter's Bible study for ladies. And then David Waitley's Bible study here at the church for anyone. Friday, ladies Bible study also. And that's going to be meeting at... Oh, you're here now. Okay, that'll, that'll be here. And Saturday, men's prayer breakfast at 8 a.m., uh, so if you could come help us at 8 a.m., we would appreciate that, or at 7 a.m., we'd appreciate you being here, uh, but 8 o'clock, we'll eat breakfast, and uh, also, and this unfortunately, we had double scheduling, but at Ocean View Church in uh, South San Diego, there's, on that morning at 9 o'clock, there's a training session for those who want to be personal workers for the Franklin Graham Crusade that's coming March the 9th. You have to go to that class in order to be uh, a counselor, and that's, that means you, you're going to be taught how to lead someone to Jesus Christ. Uh, and if you, if you don't know exactly what you do, if someone asks you, how do I go to heaven, for sure you need to be there. But if you want to be a counselor, you need to attend that, 9 a.m., uh, 2460 Palm Avenue, South San Diego. Uh, and the, I, I tried to give everyone one of the announcements, and if you didn't get one, there's one on the back table outside uh, for the one-night crusade by Franklin Graham, son of Billy Graham. That will be at the Chula Vista Amphitheater on March 9th. And the next Sunday is Commitment Sunday. Please be here. Please determine to be uh, committed to the Lord for 2024. I got a bargain for you. If you sign up next week to be committed to the Lord in 2024, you only have 11 months you have to be faithful to God <laughs> because January is already gone. So in your bulletin is one of the commitment cards. I'm not asking you to turn these in yet, but I am giving you some homework. I want you to take these home. I want you to look at them. If you're married, I want you to prayerfully consider what God would have you to do in the way of, of, committing, of giving your talents to him and your tithes and your time and, and, all, and committing maybe to working with children in our children's ministry or working with the teens in the teen department or working in the sound crew or maybe being one of the rotating uh, singers in our uh, praise team. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity being a VIP, welcoming people as they come in, uh, lots of different opportunities. I want you to pray about it and ask God what he would have you to do and then go ahead and sign up and commit next week. Commitment is a problem for some people, but I want to tell you something. Until you're really committed to something, you're just playing games. You got to get committed. Get committed to God. Make this the year that you do that. We'll also have communion after the uh, commitment forms are filled out. Uh, movie coming up February the 3rd on Chosen. We've got a, a minute and a half trailer. Could we go ahead and show that? And while you're getting that queued up, ladies retreat March 1st through the 3rd. Uh, sign up at the table outside. But not right now, let's look at the trailer. People seem to think they know why I'm here. Do you think I've come to give peace on earth? This edict identifies Jesus of Nazareth 
as a heretic and a blasphemer. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword, division. When someone chooses to follow me, it may mean that people will be hated by those closest to them. I prayed with this man, Yanni. He wasn't what I expected. What's so important? Feels like the beginning of something. War, maybe. I don't expect you to understand now. You'll understand in time. I am the life that overcomes death. I guess you're not holding back anymore. I can't. I'm out of time. So February the 3rd, we have some tickets out at the table in the outside, and you can stop there and you can pick up those tickets. I wanted to read the uh, bulletin article that I have in your bulletin. Uh, Rush Limbaugh was famous for saying he had, a, he had talent on loan from God. Though he was rather flamboyant, in many ways he was quite accurate with that statement. Have you ever heard of William James Sardas? Born April the 1st, 1898, passed away July the 17th, 1944. He was an American child prodigy with exceptional mathematic and linguistic skills. By age eight, he could speak eight known languages and one that he had made up. William would try to enter Harvard at nine years of age, but the administration didn't let him in until he was 11 years old. He lectured adults on many different subjects of higher math, the origins of life, and thermodynamics. I can't even spell that, let alone lecture on it. <laughs> It said his IQ was around 300, making him theoretically much more intelligent than Albert Einstein. But do you know why you haven't heard of him? He became weary of other people. He got into trouble with the law. He worked menial jobs, making very little money. He later embraced socialism as espoused by Russia and expressed a dislike for the United States of America. He did not believe in marriage and preferred withdrawing from society. He did not believe in, and his, the quote is, God, small g, God, the big boss of Christians, unquote. Sardis died of a cerebral hemorrhage in 1944 in Boston at the age of 46. He had been given so much by his creator, but totally misused and abused that gift. James in the New Testament says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness neither shadow of turning. My question to you as your pastor, what will you do with what God has given to you? To have that kind of intellect and to squander it, not use it for the glory of God, is a sin of great magnitude. Don't squander the gifts that God has given to you. Let's stand together. One of the gifts we can offer to him are our songs of praise. A little tip here, you don't have to sing really good or sing really well, either one if you're an English major. Uh, just sing with all your heart and mean what you're saying.
thank you for that. Would you do me a favor? Look at the person next to you and say, I'm so glad you're here today. Okay, how many of you have the sword of the Spirit with you today? Let me see you. Raise them up here. Lift up your swords, okay? Electronic or hard paper, hardback or paperback or leatherback, either one. Thank you so much for bringing the Word of God today. That's where we get all authority. If I ever preach something that's not in this book, it's I'm wrong and the book is right. Thy word forever is settled in heaven, Amen. Absolutely. Turn to Matthew chapter 25. While you're turning to Matthew chapter 25, I'm going to ask all the young ladies and young men of First Baptist Church to come on down to the front because i got something to talk to you about before you go to your classroom and to all the teachers in our Sunday school for the kids. Thank God for you because we're so glad that you're here to be able to pour into the lives and the hearts of these incredible young people that I have surrounded around me. This is one of my favorite parts of the day, to be able to talk to you guys here. So, hey, how many of you, how many of you have a talent of some kind? How many of you have a talent of some kind? You do? You do? Anybody else have a talent, an ability? Don't you play soccer? That's a talent, right? I can't play soccer. I'd be, I'd be a mess if I tried to do that. So, first of all, you have to run. I don't run unless somebody's chasing me. Do you, do you have talent? Can you cook? That's a talent. You, you do? You have two talents? What are yours? Basketball and what? Hockey? Cooking. 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 All right. Good. That's good. All right. Well, I had Miss Pat help me with this, and she made a list. You may not know you have a talent, but I'm gonna, I might read the talent that you have, and moms and dads, you might pay attention to this too. Possible talents that kids can have and use for the glory of God. Singing. Can anyone here sing? Yeah, okay. How about playing an instrument? Does anybody here play an instrument? One, two, three, four. All right. How about reading quietly or out loud? How many can read? Okay. And how about reading the Bible quietly or out loud? Out loud. Okay. All right. How about being able to add and subtract? How about being able to multiply? How about being able to divide? How about writing stories? What kind of stories do you write? Do you make them up? Are they cool? I want you to tell me one of your stories sometime, okay? How about drawing pictures? Any of you artistic? Okay, a couple, two, oh, several of you, all right. How about making friends? That's a talent. That's an ability, okay. How about being kind? There's a lot of mean people out in the world. <laughs> Be kind, all right. How about being a good listener? Yeah, I mean, not so much. How about being able to make people laugh? All right, all right, I got you on that. How about being obedient? Okay. <laughs> I, I missed something. Okay. How about fixing other people's owies? Are you able to fix other people's owies? Okay. Williams, you fix Williams' owies after you push him down? Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> How about taking care of pets? Cats? Yeah, what else? A dog. You got a dog and a cat? I don't. I have one dog. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cooking. We already had a couple of people say they can cook. Let me see. Okay. All right. How about eating? I raised my hand on that. How about earning money? How about saving money? Did you ever think about that? Yeah. My mom used to say, if I had money in my pocket, it was burning a hole in my pocket. You know what that means? Yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, spending money wisely. How about that? How about running really fast? We have any athletes here? How about playing ball? Soccer, basketball, baseball, some kind of ball? Okay, cool. Okay, cool. How about doing cartwheels? Yeah. Mine registers on a seismic scale when I try to do a cartwheel. <laughs> How about standing on your head? Can you, anybody here stand on your head? We've got one, two, three. Okay, and one more. How about the possibilities are endless? That's the one more. 
Lots of things you can do. Whatever, here's, the, here's the key, boys and girls. Whatever you do, do every bit of it to the glory of God the Father. So you can do things that don't seem like they're spiritual, but you can do them to the glory of God because God gave you abilities, and you all have different abilities. Use them for the Lord. Don't use them for the world. Don't use them for the devil. Don't use them for the bad kind of people. Use them for the glory of God. And guess what will happen? God will bless you and give you more talents. So praise the Lord for that. Let's pray. Father, we pray your blessings upon each one of these young people. God, be with them as they learn the word of God in their Sunday school classes. And I pray that you might put on the hearts of some of the adults here and some of the teens maybe even to help out in our children's department uh, when we have commitment Sunday next week. God, uh, give us some new workers who will be filled with the Holy Spirit, who will set an example for these young ladies and young men. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all the kids said, Amen. Go ahead and go to your class. Thank you for being here. It's so good to have you here today. All right, a biblical worldview on talent. Three weeks ago, three weeks ago now, we began this series of worldviews, philosophies with our uh, sermon on debt. And what does the Bible have to say about debt? What does God have to say about debt? Next, we talked about generous giving by tithing, giving God 10% at least, and by helping other people who are less fortunate, help meet their needs. Last week, we discussed managing our time, and some of the summary points there, it's time to know the time. These are days of great opportunity for the Lord. Uh, again, I mentioned that uh, some of my preacher friends say, what are you doing in that crazy state of California with all those liberal politicians and all these liberal people and all these amoral people? I'm saying, man, we're right in the middle of where we need to be with people that are lost and need Jesus as their personal Savior. The darker the world, then the, lighter, the brighter your light shines. So we're right where we need to be. Secondly, it's time to awaken out of spiritual lethargy. If you find yourself coasting, if you find yourself kind of just, uh, kind of just counting the days and minutes and they're just flying by and you're not really accomplishing anything, time to wake up. It's time, number three, to be clothed in light and not darkness. It's time to put off the works of the flesh and to put on the armor of God. And then last of all, it's time to manage our time wisely. These messages are all archived along with all the other ones since COVID hit uh, on our website. You go to First Baptist Church uh, Coronado on either YouTube or uh, on Facebook and the, all the messages are there. This week, preaching on a biblical worldview of talent. And those who even casually know their Bibles might direct us to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25, where you are, for a study in the parable of the talents. Now, what's a parable? A parable is a method of telling a story using things that people understand and know about to teach them principles that perhaps they don't know about. Jesus used them uh, a lot, and we had a series a few years ago on the parables of Christ. So this would be the parable of the talents, and it goes something like this. Uh, this is not word for word, but it's in Matthew chapter 25. A businessman is getting ready to go on a trip, and so as he gets ready to go on a journey, he calls his servants, and to one he gives five talents, and to another two talents, and to a third servant one talent. And the narrative or the story tells us that he gave talents according to the servant's abilities. Now that's key. He gave the talents according to their abilities. God has not given me the talent of singing solos. He just barely gave me the talent of singing in a crowd where they can drown out my voice. So uh, that's not my talent, but maybe it's your talent. And so according to their abilities, the abilities that God gave them, he gave talents. And, and later on when he returned, this businessman came back, he, he demanded an accounting of all they did with their talents. There's a similar teaching to this in Luke's gospel, chapter 19. Now, the talents mentioned in Matthew chapter 25 are measures of money. We have dollars and cents. They had talents uh, and, she and shekels and, and so on. But these were weights generally of pure gold or pure silver. And a talent may vary from 65 to 80 pounds from 65 pounds to 80 pounds. One pound, and I should have checked out with, with Nick with this, uh, one pound equals 14.58 troy ounces. Is that correct, sir? Okay, 14.58. That mean, If you're wondering why I'm asking Nick, it's because he has a whole lot of gold. Uh, he, he, 
If you ever need anything, go ask Nick. He's loaded. So uh, one pound of gold at today's prices would be up worth approximately $25,000. I may be off on that a little bit. It depends on the 65 to 80, and, and I checked the price when I made this study of the sermon. It may be up or down from that. A talent of pure gold would be over $2 million, well, $2 million or more. A talent, 65 to 80 pounds of gold could be $2 million or more. So, did, so when, when we say he gave five talents, he gave like $10 million to one guy. Two talents, he gave like $4 million to one guy. And one talent, he gave uh, $2 million. Now, you say, well, why the disparity? Well, some of them had more potential. The two of them had more potential. I personally would be very satisfied with one talent of pure gold. It wouldn't be a problem for me at all. Uh, so today, but I, I want to find out how we're doing with the spiritual talents or abilities. He's using physical talents of gold or silver to teach lessons about the true riches, which are spiritual riches that God has given to each one of us. And, and if you'll turn to Ephesians chapter 4, that's where I'll be for the rest of the message. In Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, this is our status, and we sang about this today. Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord... Therefore, the prisoner, one who is bound or captured, you know what a prisoner is, someone they lock up and, and they keep for whatever transgressions of the law, they don't allow them to be in regular society. So therefore, Paul says, referring to himself, the prisoner of the Lord, I beseech you, and this is a parakaleo, which is a form of the title of the Holy Spirit. When, when Jesus said the comforter would come, he says the parakaleo. Uh, would come, the comforter, the one who would come to them and, and, and call to them. Here, here it means to exhort or to beg. So therefore, because I'm a prisoner of the Lord, I beseech you, I beg to you, I, I exhort you that you walk worthy or properly of the vocation, the calling from Kaleo in the New Testament, metaphorically a call, an invitation to the kingdom of God. It's, a pri it's privileges, the divine calling by which Christians are introduced to the Privileges of the gospel, uh, Romans eleven twenty nine, the calling of God, wherewith you're called. I am so thankful for God's call on my life. Uh, I am so thankful. I got saved when I was about eight years old. I've told you uh, when I was 19 years old, God called me to ministry. I absolutely know God called me to ministry. I have no doubts about the fact that God called me to ministry. It's not because I'm so anything. It's because God is everything. That's the reason, and, and I, I thank God for his calling, and it, it's made my life a, a, a joy to be on the face of this earth. I thank God for the privilege. If I could be the president of the United States, I wouldn't be because I don't want to be. I want to be a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we are prisoners of grace. We are captured by him. We are bound by him. We sang about being redeemed. We are redeemed by him, which means he paid for us. He bought us from the slave market of sin. And now Paul, the greatest man other than Christ in the New Testament, probably, um, now Paul is begging you to walk worthy of the calling that, that you have in the Lord. So we are called. You're called to God. You may not, I, I'm certain you didn't have a calling exactly like mine, but you have a calling, and you're to walk properly and appropriately. Uh, the talents given out by the businessman represent the talents that God, our Heavenly Father, gives to his children so that they can effectively serve him, and God gives them according to his good pleasure. I, I, I could be real envious of someone who can sing. I, I, in heaven, by the way, I'm going to put on a concert. I'm going to be able to sing in heaven, and uh, y'all are invited. I'm just letting you know ahead of time. Uh, but, but you know what? I could be jealous, about, but I'm not. I, I thank God for the... I love good singing. I love good gospel singing. I love good... Uh, the kind of music going to be in heaven, country, western. I love that. And yeah, th thank all five of you that got that. Okay. <laughs> So God gives abilities according to his, our abilities and, oh, by the way, and his good pleasure, okay? He is the almighty God, so he looked upon us. He gave us gifts. He says, according to your abilities, I'm going to give you these gifts. And by the way, it's according to my good pleasure. This is what I'm going to do for you. So one day, we will give an account. We will stand before, as a, as a child of God, we will stand before the Bema seat. The Bema seat of God is that judgment that's going to take place when we're raptured out of this world, when we are with the Lord, previous to or prior to, I should say, uh, the marriage supper of the Lamb, 
uh, and we will be judged according to our works, whether they were profitable or whether they were not profitable, unprofitable. And that's the beam of seat. So how long, how will we rather employ the talents or the gifts that God has given to us? The music, the mind, the athletics, the organizational skills, the faith, the callings. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call out somebody and embarrass her, Annabelle. Uh, what she did for the ladies' tea was just mind-boggling to me. It's like she was thinking of things I never even thought uh, about in my entire life. It's just incredible. Uh, so, I mean, and she planned it all out. And it was micro-planned, I'm telling you. Everything went very smoothly because of that. There are other the guys in the sound booth and, and Nick and, and some of the other guys uh, set up our lighting. Set up, by the way, there's a bulb burned out right up here, Nick. I just want to... <laughs> Uh, set up those with Sean, set up the speakers and got our amplifiers. It's important that you be able to hear in the, in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Julie, the things that she does and as the secretary of the church and, and thinking of things that I, I don't give her a list of stuff to do. She thinks of those things. She's proactive in doing that. So how will you use the talents and how are you using the talents that God has given to you? There are four requirements. Uh, in verse 2, it says, with all lowliness, that's one. Meekness, that's two. Long-suffering, that's three. Forbearing, that's four. Lowliness is humility. So if you do have the gift of singing, and uh, don't let it go to your head. Don't let it become, don't become proud about that. Uh, don't become proud about preaching. Don't become proud about whatever gifts God has given. If you're a, a star basketball player, don't be, don't be proud in the sense of prideful and saying, look at what I do. Look what I am able to do. Uh, give all glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. So New Testament times, um, the Greeks' concept of having a full life actually left no place for humility. Their goal was to live life uh, primarily for themselves. There was a, a hedonism, not heathen, hedon, hedonism that was practically a religion, which is, by the way, quickly becoming the national religion of the United States of America. So secularism, I mean, secularism is becoming its own religion. Evolution is becoming its own, uh, it's part of that and, and its own religion. Um, so our goal should be for the Lord, and it's to be a life of service and sacrifice without regard to our own reputation. In Christ, that's a virtue. We're to serve and glorify God. There wasn't even an appropriate word in the Greek language for, for the word that's used here because, uh, because the, the concept was something that eluded most of the Greeks at that point in time. So me, be, to be... Uh, humble is a very important thing. And I, I was just, and this last point, uh, we're to serve and glorify God and, and to forget about self. Uh, I was reading about some of the manifesto uh, that Marx wrote and how that Lenin actually amplified on some of what Marx had written prior to that and talked about as an individual, you were to own nothing, you were to be nothing, you, did, you were not to care about anything or anyone other than the state. Well, I'm telling you, you need to be not so concerned about self, but all concerned about God Almighty. And you need to be all concerned about loving him and loving people because he said the two greatest commandments are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So you put yourself down in the list. You put others ahead of you. So that's humility. Meekness is mildness or gentleness of character. Um, a, a commentator named Mitten uh, puts it this way, meekness is the spirit of one who is so absorbed in seeking some worthy goal for the common good that he refuses to be deflected from it by slights, injuries, or insults directed at him personally or indeed by personal considerations of any kind. So meekness is not letting, it, it's it, not becoming so sensitive that every little person, every little thing said by every person um, affects us, and we got to go to our safe place and, and have a cry because somebody said something that hurt our feelings. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is not being um, unable to defend oneself. Meekness is strength under control. You could respond. You could rebuke them. You could punch them in the nose, but you don't. Because that's not the right thing to do. 
So that's meekness. So it's, it's in humility, meekness, long-suffering, which is patience or self-restraint, slowness in avenging wrong, retaliating when hit, hurt by another person. Don't, don't retaliate. Don't hit back. Be patient. Be long-suffering. And then forbearing, uh, the, the fourth requirement is a divine quality, according to Romans chapter 2, verse 4. It's the practical outworking of long-suffering. It involves bearing with one another's weaknesses, not ceasing to love one another's neighbors or friends because of faults in them uh, which offend or displease us. Now, now, I can't stress that enough. When you look around and you see people who are advocating uh, heinous things, uh, the murdering of little babies in the womb of, of their mom, uh, that's a heinous thing. We are not to hate that person who says that. We're to love that person. We cannot bring people to Christ with hatred. We bring people to Christ with love. And just so, so it, it, it's the mutual tolerance without which no group of human beings can live together in peace. We, we are to be forbearing of one another. First of all, we're to be, you're to be forbearing of me because I can be a jerk sometimes. And I can do, th- I know that's hard to believe, but I can be a joke sometimes. Just ask my, don't ask my wife. Um, <laughs> Forbearance is one of the four qualities that are possible only when the love of God is shed in our hearts and our lives. So what is our business? Third point, the work, endeavoring diligently. Christians are to be eager to maintain what? The unity. The unity. You ever have disunity in a church? I thank God I was in two churches as a youth pastor one in Illinois, one in Colorado, and I just kept coming west. And I've been in two churches in California as pastor, one of them at what is now called Ocean View, which was Midway Baptist Church, and then First Baptist Church of Coronado. And we have had such sweet spirits in all four of those churches. I thank God because guess what? Not every church is that way. Am I right, Terry? Huh? Am I right, Bob? Yeah. All of you who have been pastors know that the, some of them are, are, did you, how many know the devil goes to church? Yeah. Don't be elbowing anybody. <laughs> He's on to us, Martha. What? Oh, Martha, I shouldn't have said a name. Uh, okay, all right. Sorry about that. Unity, be eager in verse 3 of, of Ephesians 4 to, to, to maintain the unity. The Greek participle, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, spudazantes, spudazantes conveys the idea of zealous effort and care. In other words, not just leaving unity to chance, but zealously protecting and striving for unity and a bond to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace, being joined together as opposed to warring with each other and, and division and conflict. That's not of God. It's not, it's not his work. Our work is to maintain unity. The goal is Christian unity. There's one body, verse 4, of Christ and one spirit of God, even as you're called, one hope of your calling, one Lord Jesus, one faith, our hope in him for salvation, one baptism, the New Testament covenant symbol, the outward sign of faith, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Paul was from the south. He says, in you all. He could have said, in y'all. You're not catching these these gems I'm throwing out here this morning. So <laughs> do we need to get up and do calisthenics or what, what do we need to do? Pass the coffee cup, all right? A quote often erroneously attributed to Wesley, but is good nonetheless, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity. Okay, does that make sense? In a, I don't know who said it first, but it's, it's gold to me. In essentials, unity. We need to be uh, on the virgin birth, the deity of Christ, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the physical bodily resurrection of the Lord, uh, and, and there's something else that I'm missing right there, the, the five uh, main principle. We, we have to be in agreement on those things if we're going to share faith with each other and share ministry with each other. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. A famous debate they had back in early church history was how many angels can dance on the head of a pen. Seriously. Everybody ought to know the answer to that. If they're Baptist angels, they don't dance at all because it's just wrong. So 
in non-essentials liberty. So I can permit, you permit me to think some things that are maybe different than what you think. We, the, the, the real tough one is the, is the idea of Calvinism and, and uh, uh, I can't even think of the other guy, Arminianism, yeah. Uh, and, and this big debate. You know what? Much more brilliant people than me have not figured it out. I'm probably not going to figure it out. I know that God is sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to do. But I think in his sovereignty, he gave us the opportunity to accept or to reject Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. That's what I think. You can believe something else. You can be wrong if you want to. That's okay. It's not a problem. And we can still be friends. We can drink a cup of coffee together. No problem. Uh, So in essentials, liberty, and in all things charity, no matter what, again, we're not to hate. No doubt Paul was aware of the social divisions that were around in that day, the temperamental decisions, the racial divides, the economic divisions of that society. And by the way, they're, they're, they're still here today. We have those same things today. Uh, all kinds of divisions. I, I think, I don't know, I, I think in my lifetime, this is probably as bad as it's ever been. I don't know. Uh, it seems to me like if Chuck was here, I'd ask him in his lifetime. He'd tell us how it was when Abraham Lincoln was president. But uh, he's not here today, so Chuck, I'm picking on you. Be back in your seat next week. So uh, there's more that unifies the Christian church than that divides us. I'm talking about the true Christian church. Um, where, where there is the same Lord, Jews and Gentiles, black, brown, white, rich, poor, great, small, are yoked together. Now, let me say something. It's going to be controversial. Uh, there's a church that's been trying to get into Coronado for uh, quite a while, and there's all kinds of controversy about it. They're having a kickoff service at the Dell tonight, uh, and s- some people in our community are going to demonstrate against it. I sat down with the pastor and with Ryan and, uh, and Brian uh, two months ago, three months ago, something like that, and I said to the pastor, Mike Yeager, I said, you know what? We're not your enemy, and we're not. Do we believe the exact same way about everything? No. I think we agree, as reading their statement of faith, I think we agree on their, uh, on their main articles of faith. I, I'm, I've read it, and I think we agree, but there's some other things that... Do you think they're going to be in heaven? Yeah, if they don't get too excited and run right past it, they're going to make it okay. Uh, They have some different doctrines. Yeah, they believe in women preachers. I don't believe in women preachers. They believe in some special revelations that God gives. I don't believe in special revelations. I believe the word of God is the revelation we have. But I'm going to tell you something. They are not our enemy. Um, Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church is not our enemy. I don't know what all their doctrines are, but they're not our enemy. The Lutheran church right here, not our enemy. Christian Science Church, yeah. Uh, said, I had a professor who said, Christian Science is like grape nuts. It's neither grapes nor nuts. Uh, can we? No. Uh, okay. All right. So anyhow, the, it, the churches are not our enemy if they preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have to go there. We don't have, and if you don't believe in it, don't go there. If you don't believe in what we believe in, don't go here. Uh, but you know what? We need to be as churches holding. Uh, Jerry Falwell Sr. said years ago, he said, we better hang together or we'll hang separately. And I think he's right. So we are diverse. Our church is different from any other church in uh, Coronado or anywhere else for that matter. We just as our physical bodies are different, so churches are different, but we need to form one cooperating, unified body of believers that can take the message of the gospel to a dying world and to the darkness that is pervading Coronado, California. That's our job. That's our job. We're brothers and sisters born to the same heavenly Father. So that takes us to verse 7, our giftings. But unto every one of us is given grace. You know what grace is? unmerited favor. It's different than mercy. Mercy is God suspending judgment that we are due, but grace is unmerited favor. God gives us unmerited favor. According to the measure of the gift of Christ, wherefore, he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men, uh, and men and women, the, the generic uh, mankind, and he gave some apostles... Those were the foundational messengers who took the gospel out initially. 
sent by God, evidently those who had seen Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, and gifted with signs and wonders, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, and some prophets, also foundational uh, members of the early church, and would foretell or tell forth the truth, and some evangelists, missionaries who preached the gospel, and some pastors, that is literally shepherds, the word poimen there means a shepherd, and teachers, both are connected and, and are gifted with the care and the protection and the feeding of the flock. I am not the main chief shepherd. I am the under shepherd. Jesus Christ is the shepherd. He is the head of the church. So these office, offices or officials uh, are appointed in the church, and there are other gifts given uh, that are ministries, and we have different ministry opportunities. Now, the purpose in gifting the gifts are as different as are the individuals receiving them. No one has all the gifts, and some have gift or gifts, um, and, and we're given them just like in the parable according to our uh, potential and to our uh, giftedness. So God calls us to them. So why does he do that? Number, verse number 12, for the perfecting of the saints. For the a Greek word used, but nowhere else found in the Bible. This is the only place that Greek word is found, uh, which means to repair roughly, means to equip or to complete the saints. We are here to equip and complete the saints. So we are to get people saved. We are to get people discipled. We are to get people trained. We're to get people sent out. We're to get people. So, so we have a responsibility to preach the gospel here in our Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. We have that responsibility. For the work or the labor of the ministry, from a word that means service, and for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. Note, these three principles or purposes are built upon each other. You can't have the second without the first or the third without the second. There's a progression. So we're here uh, to for the perfecting, for the work, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. How long do these gifts last, these duration of gifts, till we come to the unity of the faith, verse 13? That's how long these gifts are going to be necessary and operative, till we come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect or spiritually mature person, unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children that are tossed into and fro. And the, and the word there for children means an infant or a baby child not even a 10-year-old or 12-year-old, but an infant or a baby child, that we be not tossed about to and fro like the raging waters of a lake or the surge of the sea or like the breakers were a few weeks ago, not carried about with every wind of doctrine, which is the idea of being whirled about, causing dizziness and confusion and chaos um, of men and cunning craftiness, that is the guile of a serpent, whereby they lay in wait to deceive. Uh, there's a double danger of either going astray without realizing it or another danger of per people purposely deceiving us. So we need to be careful about those things. What is the ultimate end of gifts? Speaking the truth, verse 15, in love, that we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fit jointly together, from a Greek word that means harmony and compacted. Uh, in other words, coming together, glued to each other, by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working, the working properly. Uh, when the body of Christ is working properly, we go forward as an army, um, soldiers of the cross, marching into battle. The battle is not with human beings. The battle is with spiritual forces, principalities, powers in high places. Working properly, and the measure of every part makes increase of the body in other words, the body grows under the edifying in, in, in love. And this increase above all is in love. So without doubt, if there's a caring community living in love and showing the truth in love, the numerical increase will follow. God has blessed us because we try to preach the word of God, because we try to disciple people with the truth of God. And the truth draws people. So as we are faithful in giving out the word of God, as you are faithful in ministering to your neighbors, as you are faithful in ministering to your co-workers, as you live out the gospel as a shining light in, a, in the dark place where you live, where you work, uh, where you play, uh, you, you become an example. You become a, a ministry of God to righteousness and for righteousness. You draw people to the Lord. So 
In Matthew 25, the businessman returned and evaluated how well his servants used their talents. To the one who was given five talents, he gives five talents more. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. To the one who had two talents, he gives two talents more. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Listen to this. To the one who had one talent, how'd you do with that talent, my friend? Well, sir, I knew that you were a hard man. I knew that you were hard to please. I knew you were an astute businessman. So I took that talent and buried it. And here it is. I dug it back up again. Here's your talent back. Thou wicked and slothful servant. That's pretty harsh. He didn't gamble it away. He didn't go buy a new Corvette, which nothing wrong with that. <laughs> just in case that ain't going to ever happen, but just in case. Well done, thou good and faithful servant, to thou wicked and slothful servant. Take it away from him. Take that one talent away and cast him out. That's pretty harsh. But when God gives you a talent and we don't use it, we're going to be judged for not using that talent because the non-use of the talents that God gives to us means people otherwise would come to Christ won't. People who would otherwise be drawn to the Lord won't. People who would be discipled won't be. So what talents do you have? That's what... This represents, this is in your bulletin, and that's why next week when you come in, they'll be printed on cardstock, a biblical worldview, 2024, First Baptist Church of Coronado. It says, I slash we want to be good managers of every aspect of my, our lives for 2024. Realizing that desire alone is not enough, I therefore want to commit to the following, the following for this year. And it talks about committing our time, reading the Word of God daily. If you're going to do that, next week you'll check that. If you're going to pray daily, you go ahead and check that. If you're going to attend church on Sundays unless providentially hindered, which means you're dead or very sick, doesn't mean because there's a Padres game on, doesn't mean because the Chargers are playing somewhere. If you stay home to watch Chargers, they will lose. <laughs> I'm just telling you. It's not much of a prediction. But anyhow, I'm just... Secondly, I want to commit... My talents to the ministry, children's, I'm interested in being a children's ministry helper or teacher. If you, if you say, I, I don't think I can teach, preach, but if you love kids, now if you hate kids, don't check that one, okay, uh, but if you love kids, you can be a help there. We need more men as well as ladies, but men, it's good to have you there as role models for the boys. Sound or computer booth, praise team, music ministry, maintenance help, hospitality, VIP greeter, and then I want to commit my talents and my treasures to the Lord. I will begin giving offerings systematically. I will begin tithing. Check that. I will begin giving offerings above the 10% in missions, building, etc. I will be committed to getting out of debt. And then if I, we intend to fulfill this commitment unless providentially prevented, and then there's a place for you to sign your names. That's next week. That's what we're going to ask you to fill out and to commit to the Lord. So let's pray right now. Our Father in heaven, we don't want to be unprofitable servants. We don't want to waste and bury the talent that you've given. Father, if we use it for your honor and glory, if this third servant had just even put it in the bank, as the businessman said, if you'd have put it in bank, you would have gotten interest on it, but you've just wasted it. You've buried it. God, who knows what kind of talents and abilities so far have been buried in the lives of people in this room. And Lord, I pray that you would not let them be satisfied with keeping those talents buried, but that they would give them to you and they would use them for your honor and for your glory. Bless next Sunday. Bless Commitment Sunday. A commitment is a dirty word to so many people, but it is, it's absolutely required in the Word of God. And Father, if there's someone here this morning, most of all, if they're not sure if they died, they'd go to heaven. May today be the day that they receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. May today be the day when they allow him to lift that heavy burden of sin and shame from off their soldiers and put it on his 
almighty shoulders and take it away from us as far as the east is from the west. May you save people this morning, we pray, with every head still bowed, every eye still closed, respecting those that are around us. If you're here this morning and you're not sure you're saved, you're not sure if you died, you'd go to heaven. You'd be honest with me. I won't embarrass you. I won't call out your name. I won't point to you. I won't say anything. You say, preacher, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd be in heaven tonight. Pray for me. Would you lift your hand up and hold it up for just a moment? Hold it up real high so I can see it. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? In case that's you, or in in the case of you, my friend, here's what you can do. The Bible says that we're all sinners. We're going to stand before God one day. The wages of sin is death, eternal death, separation from God. The Bible says that God proved his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, Lord, I pray that with our mouth we would make confession of faith in Jesus Christ and in our heart we would believe in him right now. And for those who either raised your hand or should have raised your hand, would you act now, ask him to be your savior, to be your God. In your own words, just say, Father, I believe your son died for my sins. I believe he rose again from the dead. I believe he can take my sins away. I want to be his servant. I want to be his minister. I want to be his child. Save me right now. And Father, for those who did pray that prayer, may you bless them, help them realize this is the beginning of a whole new life in Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand, please? If you need to come and say, I prayed that prayer, if you need to come and say, I want to join the church, I'd like to be baptized, if you need to come and say, preacher, I just need you to pray with me, guys, I'll pray with you, ladies, my wife is right here, she would pray with you, Annabelle's back over there in the back, I think you're still here, Annabelle, yes, Uh, ladies, if you're in the back, you might want to talk to her, Ryan's right here on the, well, he was right here on the aisle, Uh, so I'm not sure where he is now, but hey, find some guy and pray for you. So let's go ahead and sing. This is your opportunity to do something that God wants you to do right now. Please don't put it off any longer. tickets for Chosen. Same table. You can sign up, ladies, for the ladies' retreat coming up. Don't forget about the Franklin Graham training this Saturday at 9 a.m. at Ocean View Church. We're going to dismiss right now. We are going to have the business meeting immediately following this. It won't be a lot of minutes. So we're going to ask if you're not going to stay for the meeting, that's fine, but to go ahead and be dismissed to go outside so we can uh, talk and answer questions that we need to answer in here. Our Father, we're so grateful and thankful for the blessings that you give to us. God, I'm so thankful for the calling of God in my life. I pray that every person in this room would be thankful for the calling that's on their life. and They would utilize that calling for your honor and glory. Lord, bless us today. Thank you for each person who's sat under the preaching of the word of God today. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be dismissed or seated, as the case may be.
right, come on down to the front, all five of you. Yeah. You can lead the choir in heaven. That